Hi, my name is James Ramos. I am a licensed general contractor at Ramos Design Build. While my core business and expertise is construction and development, I own several businesses in two other arenas, real estate, including sales, finance, and insurance, and construction product companies like cabinetry, flooring, and interior design firm that creates jaw-dropping impressions when someone walks through the door. These three areas allow me to be a better builder and solely focused on luxury homes valued at over $1 million. We service every facet along the residential home journey. Buy, sell, design, build, finance, furnish, and maintain. I have won 10 National Aurora Awards for standout kitchen and bath design and build projects. And the Ramos family name is synonymous with thousands of successful residential and commercial construction projects in the Southeast United States since 1956. Let Ramos Design Build help you with the home of your dreams today. Call 813-259-1111 or go to ramosdesignbuild.com. Let me help you make your dream a reality. The real estate market is open. Ramos Design Build, the Tampa Bay's premier construction company. This is a program where the real estate experts are live. Whether buying, selling, building, or designing, Ramos has the answers. Now, here's the area's best resource for all things real estate, James Ramos. Welcome, new edition here at the Movie Program with James Ramos of jamesramos.com and Ramos Design and Build. You know, James, we were talking about... Uh, uh, this idea of just what the marketplace looks like right now. And and you mentioned something off air where you talked about people just basically having one arm tied behind their back when they're searching for a new house or when they're trying to go about it. I mean, when, when you're looking for a new house, I mean, there's certain steps that you have to have done, certain boxes that you have to have checked. I mean, can you take me through that process in order so people don't get their heart broken? Obviously, buying a new house is highly emotional. You don't want to cause marital disputes. Yeah. I mean, what is the process of making sure that, you know what, if you locate something, you like something, you can actually have a chance to obtain that something? Well, the first thing that I say is you have to have a budget. I mean, a lot of people are like, I don't really have a budget. It's like, come on, come on, you have to have a budget. So you have to know, and a lot of the banks will say, you know, you're your um, what loan to value is 50%, or I'm sorry, your debt to equity is 50%, which means if you add in your car payment and all the credit card payments, whatever your lowest amount that you need to pay, and all those things have to be f up to 50%. If it's over 50%, then they're not gonna approve you for the loan. But it doesn't mean that that's the best gauge. You yeah. don't wanna be living you know, house poor. So the first thing you have to do is a budget. You know, and then and then you start layering, knowing that it's a very intimate and emotional thing. You know, it's typically husband and wife, you know, trying to buy a house for the first time or upgrading, moving to a neighbor, new neighborhood, maybe a new city for their job. A lot of stressful things. I think it's like in the top five, mm -hmm. you know, so moving, buying a new home, um, you know, changing a job, yeah. things like that. I mean, I think they're all in the top five. So so definitely starting with a with a good budget. In mind, it's yeah. realistic. Yeah, when it comes to having like cash in the bank, or when it comes to uh, you know, do you sell your house prior to going to finding another one? I mean, how, how is it looked upon in the marketplace if you're basically saying like, I I want this house and I want to make an offer on this house, but you know what? It's my offer is contingent on me selling my house first. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the second one is, is before I get to your point and answer your question is getting a good consultant group, you know, so just as anything, just with, you know, managing your money, 
buying insurance, going to see a doctor. I mean, you have to go and, and although there's great tools out there, Zillow and Trulia and realtor.com and a number, number of other places, other places to go out and find homes, you know, you have to find a great agent, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that, you know, has a good track record and a good history of in the market that which you're farming, which you would want to move to. So that is, is the second most important thing. Yeah. And then the third is getting a good loan officer. So typically, you know, any good agent is going to have a few loan officers, you know, so if there's, uh, if you're a veteran, there's going to be loan officers, mortgage companies or banks yeah. that have loan officers that spe- spe- that are specific in that particular area. Um, if you're looking for um, your first time home buyer, there's a lot of benefits in going to a loan officer who knows, you know, that's more prevalent with mm-hmm. first time home buyers. If it's a construction, a perm loan, which is much more complicated, there's a few guys out there or gals that are actually specialized in that. So that's like number two and three, you know, getting a good team of people. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, you can be illusioned by all of the tools out there yeah. that we have access to, um, whether it's, you know, one of these online sources to go Zillow, out and find property. Zillow, realtor.com, all yeah, those things. I mean, like it, well, go back to what you were saying earlier, because, uh, you know, I, I know some people that, you know, they, they hire what they believe to be a good uh, real estate broker. But the person's like, well, I know this person in the banking world or this person in the mortgage company or whatever it might be. Uh, they, they, they look at it like with some sort of skepticism because they're like, well, obviously that person most likely is paying you something or giving you a retain or referral fee or whatever it might be. Uh, should you look at that with some sort of cynicism? If, if your real estate broker is like, do you have a mortgage company lined up yet? I can, don't worry. I've got a friend. I can set you up with someone. Yeah. I mean, it's against the law for a real estate agent to get paid, mm-hmm. you know, when they recommend a, a, a loan officer. Okay. So, so that you're kind of in the clear. I mean, the, you know, when you look at the goals of a real estate agent, I mean, they want to find you great value yeah. and get you to close. Yeah. You know, they don't want to sit in the car with you for you know, weeks on end, <laughs> you know, just because they like you and nor do you want to hang with them, you know, while you're supposed to be working or doing stuff with your family. So it's, it's a very clear and present goal that everyone has. Um, and then as far as the loan officers, you know, and getting referred to a friend of a friend type of thing, you know, the personal side, you know, obviously you have to connect with them. They have to listen to you and all the fundamental things that you would want to do business with an apartment partner, but there's multitude of products. So some loan officers represent banks or mortgage brokerages that are great in certain products and they're not great in others. Yeah. You know, so you really need to understand what it is and you don't need to know the mechanics of how the clock is built. But, you know, if you're buying a new home and it's $200,000, you know, it is what it is. And you go out and you tell people like, why are you, ask them, ask the loan officer, why are you good in this loan? And what are, you know, what's my rate going to be? They'll pull your credit report or there's a services out there that you can sign up for. You should know your credit score. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. There are commercials all, all the time, you know, so say, Hey, my credit score is 705 and this is how much money I have to put down. And this is the price point that I have. And they can pre-qualify you based on, you know, without you signing up or handing over money and things like that and tell you what type of product that they would have, um, that would be suitable for you to take on this particular purchase. Yeah. Yeah. When talk to me about um, you know timeline. Obviously, when people are buying houses, you know they maybe they want to rush into it. There's uncertainty there. The marketplace right now across the Tampa Bay region is exceptionally hot, especially in Hillsborough County, where where your company is very prominent in these dealings. Um, you know, talk to me about the idea of do you preach patience to people in this type of marketplace? You know, or do you say no? If you find something that you just relatively like get it 
because you may never come across something again that you even relatively like. Well, you know, patience is can be looked at differently from different people, you know. So if somebody is coming into town and they're new to the area because of their job or what have you, and they need to be in a particular school district and they need to buy a home soon, you know, one thing is patience to them and patience to me could be, you know, the connotation could be much differently seen. Yeah. So you can't tell somebody, Hey, let's look for another six months when the guy's ready to buy. Yeah. But the same took. And I think you have very little patience as far as understanding your budget yeah. and getting a team around you, which is a good loan officer as well as a good agent. And then going at the market in the area that you're mm-hmm. interested in, you know, with a very good strategic plan, you know? Yeah. So, you know, these days today, you know, these buyers have more information than they've ever had before. So they're more educated than ever before. Yeah. So when they get turned over to a, a, you know, real estate agent, they're coming to that table with that real estate agent, even though they may not know the ins and outs of the legal ease of how to do a contract and things like that. They know the market just as good as some of these agents do because they've been looking at it. They've been on Zillow. They've been on Realtor.com. They've been on Trulia and they've been looking at it for countless hours. So for, for somebody to come in and, you know, be smarter than them, you know, it's really hard as it relates to what's available in a particular neighborhood. But as far as, you know, what you can really pull out of the real estate agent is more about, you know, are there things that are coming on the market that aren't, aren't available? Yeah. You know, are there things that you know of that are ends in this particular neighborhood or this area? You know, maybe you just want to be in a particular high school or maybe it's just like, hey, I'm moving to the Tampa Bay area yeah. and there's a multitude of places that, um, you know, that I would like to live and driving is not that big of a deal because I came from Atlanta and everywhere I drove is 45 minutes, you know? So, yeah. so that those types of, um, you know, questions is just comes from a good agent, you yeah. know, when, when you, well, when you have, so when people are putting the priority list down, I mean, it, it, you know, obviously you mentioned something earlier that, you know, buying a house is, you know, you're basically your number one asset, your number one purchase. People have to look at it as, as an investment, something that, you know, even if they don't want to, maybe they have to part with it down a road. Hopefully you can make some money off of that. Well, with that in mind, how how would you prioritize? I mean, obviously people are like, well, the master ba- the master bedroom or the kitchen, and but but how would you prioritize what is important? Is it plot size? Is it square it's footage? Location. What is it? Yeah, location is is a number one. Typically, when you're buying a used home, a home that's not brand new, um, you know the value of when you look at the value on the property appraiser site, there's three pieces to it. So it's the land, okay. And it's the home value and that home value will depreciate each year. So you pay a little bit less as it relates to the taxes. Typically the land catches up. Um, mm-hmm. So the, as the land is increasing, you know, your home value is decreasing. And then the third piece is how to appraise a home and what the value is, is the extra features. So if you have, you know, brick pavers versus a concrete drive, if you have a pool in the back, if you have a dock, if you're lucky enough to live on the water and things of that nature. So those three areas are actually how they appraise a home. Okay, but the number one thing that you need to look at is the location. So once you pass the location, you know, then the next is, is, okay, I want the best, you know, product that I can in this particular location. Yeah. You know, so a corner, um, you know, I tell people all the time, if you look at a property on the property appraiser site, something that's 50 foot wide by 100 foot deep is going to be valued less than a home that's 100 foot wide, you know, because typically the frontage is going to always trump, you know, the debt in yeah. that case. So, you know, things of that nature, you really want to go for the location first. And a lot of times, you know, you could be priced out of a particular neighborhood because yeah. the location that you desire is is not possible because once you add a home on it, it's going to be, 
you know, outside your budget. Yeah. So it's really about location first and then everything else after. Mm-hmm. And then we'll continue our conversation here with the Move Me program. James Ramos of Ramos Design and Build, jamesramos.com. So continuing our conversation here at the Move Me program with James Ramos, airing every Sunday at 11 a.m., your expert into the real estate design build marketplace in one of the hottest marketplaces in the country, Tampa Bay region, Hillsborough County, Pinellas County. James Ramos is the expert. Go to jamesramos.com. James, um, you mentioned location, location. I came across a person recently, and they were talking about they they have this like this 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 old idea where they believe the more lo- the more land the better and so when they're looking you know in the Hillsborough County area the hotspot areas like the the Harbor Islands the Davis Islands the the Hyde Parks the the the, the South Tampa so to speak um, they want an oversized lot and they basically said you know the house to me is secondary because the lot and the land uh, is going to be you know a priority down the line and it's going to be worth something down the line regardless uh, of how the marketplace ebbs and flows what do you say to a person that thinks you know lot size before maybe you know checking the boxes of the house that they actually want whether it's square footage or kitchen or whatever it might yeah, be yeah i'm i'm biased i agree you know but at the same token it's all about compromise yeah so the husband may want the biggest lot possible the same token you know you don't want to live in a hovel yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to afford that big, huge lot. <laughs> um, my wife and I, when we were in Roswell, we moved to Atlanta and I ended up getting an opportunity to go to MBA school at Emory. And that was my mindset. I found a property in Roswell and it had this big acre mm-hmm. property. Obviously didn't have time to mow the lawn and all types of stuff from the backyard. Like <laughs> yeah, poison, all sorts of critters and everything <laughs> running through them. <laughs> poison oak that I didn't know what it really looked like until I weed whacked it uh, and I had the poison oak all over my skin. <laughs> Um, I was just bent on finding the best value. We were able to buy a lesser home. You know, it was an older home on this huge lot in an established neighborhood versus in Alpharetta and parts, you know, that were a little bit farther north away from where we needed to be. But there were these nicer homes, you know, newer, and it had all the amenities and accoutrements that one would expect in a new home. And they were on these small, tiny lots. So you could reach out and touch your neighbor type yeah. of thing. So I was like, absolutely not. Yeah, that's know. hot right now in the, in the Tampa area. It's just like it's it's small lots, big houses, small lots. Yeah, I mean, I have a search on Zillow. I use Zillow all the time. But I have a search that's like over half acre in South Tampa. And you'd be surprised how few properties pop up. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And then there's always a few that Zillow screws up. You know, I called a buddy of mine that was like on Morrison and right in South Tampa. And he said it was like an acre and a half, you know, like yeah. 495,000. Well, you or actually something. have, I remember I, I texted like, you over the weekend. I, I was, was like, like James, yeah. uh, I was like, I'm going to buy this because it has a picture of this beautiful yeah. James Ramos, perfect design built house, you know, custom home, you know, the, the, the reputation speaks for itself. And it's in a Parkland Estates in like the heart of South Tampa. And on Zillow, it says 495. I called you. I was like, James, I'll buy it right now. You got to give me this house. And you're like, no, 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 that's. That's just the land, Dan. That's just the land. Yeah, so when we buy a property, most of the time I'll list it, you know, as just land only. Yeah. As well as, you know, what it could be. 
So sometimes Zillow gets it screwed up and it's basically like, you know, for this case, the house is worth 1.6, you know, with the whole package. And on Zillow, you can buy the same house for 495,000. So you had brought that to my attention. So I quickly took a screenshot of it and took, sent it to my people <laughs> that we can't afford to offer this incredible value. Yeah, I was like, I was like, you know, million probably, dollars off. Yeah, I probably can't, I first can't, come, probably first can't afford served. it. I'll find some way to afford that house. For yeah. that. James Ramos custom design and build under $500,000 in Parkland Estates sold that's all that's all you have to know that's all you have to know but no i think i think you're absolutely right i mean it's just it's kind of interesting it's like people have traded land for square footage of home oh, and, sure. and it sounds like you're not you're not into that kind of mindset no, no no i i would rather go and get a bigger piece of property all day long it trumps the house but mm-hmm. i'm in the business of building yeah so when i look at a home and it's you know needs some tlc it's not like i run i actually not run away. I run toward it because not many people have the ability to quickly do a few things and make the house a lot better. So I've always trumped, you know, the location and then the lot size as a, as a greater deal. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times I like to say, you know, when you're building on a great lot, I, I joke around and I say, you know, it gives the opportunity to make more mistakes. Yeah. I don't mean to build it wrong, but the point is, is, you know, when you're putting a design package together what I mean by making mistakes is, is you have a great lot so you can put more expensive, you know, plumbing items, more expensive cabinetry, more expensive countertops and so forth. And you're protected, you know, because it's not like you have to go directly to a certain price point of 225000 And if you're a dollar over, you know, you're going to lose your tail on the deal. So it affords you, you know, if you're able to do this and it's in your budget, you know, absolutely go for the largest lot you can mm-hmm. in the best location. But a lot of times, you know, you're going to be potentially in other school districts yeah. and things that are outside the, you know, so it's a fine yeah. balance. Well, how, how do you decide, like, when you see a house, see a lot, I mean, you, you start, it starts checking some of the boxes, you realize it just needs a little TLC, what everyone commonly says, oh, just a little TLC, just a little TLC. How, how do you decide, you know, which houses need just a little TLC that you can be happy in and which houses that you're basically just buying and you know you're going to be semi-miserable in and you're just buying because you do want the location and you see it as an investment, but you realize, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't a really a long-term. Well, fix it's a for special me. art that you won't be able to understand. No, just joking. <laughs> uh, it's 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 actually really simple. I mean, you go from the structure first, and and you work your way from the structure on. So if the structure, you know, what I like to say is, if you're going to do an addition or some sort of renovation um, on a home, and you're touching like three quarters of the home, yeah. Unless it's historic, um, a lot of times it's the home is not worth you know, keeping, you know, so if you're, you know, when I'm working with people and they're like, Hey, I really want to keep the home, but I want to renovate everything. And I also want to do an addition. It's like, okay, so let's look at the value of what you currently have and all the compromise that you're going to have to do to get what you need. And typically a lot of times the renovation per square foot costs more than just building new, Yeah, you know, but, but you know, it's very hard for people to understand that because it's sort of like, I've been living in this house. It's kind of fine. And all I need is you know, this, that, or the other. And why would I demo it? You know, because the value of my home is, and it's like, you know, you go back to um, the build, you know, as far as the breakdown of the costs. And typically your structure is like 25, maybe 30, 35% mm-hmm. of the cost of your entire home. Um, so when you look at that and you separate that and say, okay, so 75 to eight, you know, to 65% of the rest of the, of the, of the value of my home and all the spend that's going to go on is going to be for these upgrades. Why would I do it on a home that has, you know, seven foot ceilings that their finished floor is below FEMA. And we're starting out with 
bad wiring. So we're going to have to rewire and all these things that you're going to have to compromise for what, you know, unless it's historic and you can't tear it down. Yeah. You know, then it makes sense. But yeah. for the most part, you know, a lot of times, you know, when you're looking at this, you know, at these homes, you just look at the structure, you look at basically, you know, what it is you're trying to achieve. If you don't need a 5,000 square foot home, then what is it? What does it matter? And if it's a nice footprint, there's homes that are built in the fifties that are just as good as some of these homes that were built in the seventies. Yeah. You know, when you, when you actually walk through them and they may need a new kitchen or maybe the kitchen is tucked away in a corner and you want to open it up to the family room. So there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, maybe not at the values that you see on Fixer Upper and in yeah, yeah. a lot of the shows. Like, oh, I want to do a whole house renovation for forty <laughs> thousand bucks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that comes to twenty dollars a foot. Yeah. I can't even get the plumber to come out yeah. here. For- it's, it's funny. It's like you see some of those shows, like House Hunters, and it's like, what do you do for a living? Oh, I casually make baskets and sell them online. What do you do for a living? Oh, I am a uh, I am a, a bicycle uh, uh, um, uh, a tour guide around the the city. What's your budget? Nine hundred thousand dollars. It's like it's just like you're like what what is going on with these shows i mean that never justifies anything but in a marketplace that is really really hot like basically the entire state of florida central florida specifically west coast florida specifically um how do you how do you enter into the marketplace and feel like you know what you got a good deal on a house even though it's highly competitive there are people out there you know they're willing to bid up the you know the the the, the cost of it how do you feel how do you target a place where you feel, you know what, I didn't have to pay full ask, or at least I got a good deal. How do you how do you enter into that? Well, first off, you have to be a student of the game. So like I said earlier, you have to arm yourselves with knowledgeable people in the industry. And you can't expect to say if you're working and you're doing finance for a living or a doctor or a lawyer or whatever you do, um, you can't expect to be a pro in real estate as well, unless yeah. you're really spending the time and putting in the hours to kind of research and make sure that you're on the cusp of everything that's popped up. But when you ask the simple question is, is this a good value? You look forward, what's inventory is available mm-hmm. and you look a little bit backwards. So you look at the last six months of sales, mm-hmm. you know, you know, things that have sold. So if you're, if you're looking at um, value and you're pulling comps from three years ago, it's not fair. Yeah. Oh, I could, you know, I could have got a better deal three years ago. Well, it's, it's not, it's ridiculous. It's, you know, you have to look at in the past six months is what a typical appraiser does. And what appraisers don't do is they look at in the future. So you may have, you know, missed a few homes in the neighborhood because you weren't ready to buy. You didn't have the money at the time and, and somebody, you know, tipped their cap to them. Mm-hmm. They, they, they found that home and they got it and they got it at a good deal, $20,000 less than what you're going to have to pay. Right. Mm-hmm. So you either a, you remove yourself from the entire you know, the entire equation or B, you just tip your cap at them and say, okay, well, as of right now, this is the best product that's in pole position, number one place that's going to go next, Yeah, you know, based on the current inventory. So it's really simple when you have good people around you that are knowledgeable, that can help you walk, you know, walk through the situation. Mm-hmm. And we'll continue our conversation here with the Move With Me program. Coming up next is Chris Smith, the branch manager for the Tampa office of BBMC. We'll be joining us talking mortgage, talking mortgage specials for veterans, talking everything you need to know when it comes to financing a home. Move With Me program continues. We are back. I'm your host, James Ramos with Move With Me Radio. Joining us today is Chris Smith with BBMC Mortgage. BBMC is a division of Bridgeview Bank. 
The URL is mybbmc.com. It's based in Bridgeview, Illinois. It's a suburb out of Chicago. So welcome to have you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about BBMC, Chris. All right. BBMC is a wholly owned division of uh, Bridgeview Bank, um, FDIC Bank. We're licensed in 50 states. Um, full service lender. We offer FHA, VA, conventional financing, USDA. Um, fund all of our loans uh, in-house, in-house underwriting. Um, really specialize on and focus on the niche of VA lending for the veterans uh, affairs. Try and take care of veterans. We have... Um, no lender fees to veterans, uh, which is very unique. Most banks will charge up to 1% uh, in lender fees to a veteran. We don't charge veterans any fees, any points. And we also donate uh, $150 to every loan. Oh, every wow. loan we close, we donate to a veterans charity. It's called Patriots Charity Initiative, um, okay. which focuses on you know four veterans charities. Uh, we've donated over $1.5 million. So um, although we do all loans, it's really our, our niche where we focus our uh, energy at. So you, you work in the mortgage department division, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. And, and, and you're coming from an FDIC backed bank. Correct. Yep. So a consumer out there, they have so many options. I mean, there's banks, there's mortgage companies, there's brokerages, things of that nature. So what makes you different? Um, being a uh, FDIC bank, A, we're licensed in all 50 states, um, but we also fund all of our own loans. Uh, we have typically cheaper uh, interest rates, lower closing costs, and also because we control the process, we're able to close loans faster than most. And even though we are a bank, uh, as in some of the bigger banks, um, we also focus strictly on just mortgage lending. That's our niche. Um, so we're able to close loans a lot faster uh, with lower closing costs and very competitive rates. That's excellent. So a loan officer that works for you in Tampa can also sell a loan, you know, can work with a client that moves from Tampa to California. Correct. For yeah. Example. If someone's buying a house, a second home, retirement home, and they want to refinance a property in Ohio to get oh, cash awesome. for the down payment, yeah. we can handle both transactions. That's pretty powerful. Yep. And then how long have you been down here? Uh, I've been in Tampa for 13 years now, but I've been in the business for 25 years and I've been managing uh, loan production offices for the last 21 years. Very cool. And then you ended up work, started working with Yeah, with BBMC, BBMC for, been BBMC for three years now. Uh, really focused on uh, finding a bank that specializes and focuses a lot of their energy and operations on closing loans, providing a higher level of service and doing it at a very competitive rate uh, with lower closing costs than most out there. Yeah. I mean, as you know, I'm an owner in, in, um, of, of Remax Beta Bay. They're located in, in Tampa. We have four locations across Hillsborough and Pinellas. So we're like the Bay Area, you know, Remax. But um, one of the biggest things that our agents are concerned with is just the speed. You know, so when typically on a new purchase mortgage, you know, the number one thing that, that our agents try to do is we work with mortgage or loan officers, you know, originators that actually can do what they say. Yep. And say what they do. Correct. So, you know, having speed, you know, like you're saying, tell us like, what is it? What do you mean by speed? Like well, typically um, a lot of agents will write contracts for 30 to 45 days and right. they're concerned about whether they can hit the contract closing date in 30 uh, days. Yeah, especially in today and in a market where there's so little inventory. It's Correct. very critical exactly. you know, to have a strong position as you're coming in as a buyer. Yep. And if we have a motivated a buyer and a motivated seller, uh, and they obviously work with us on the things we need. We can close loans in under 21 days. That's easy. That's like not even a stretch. And I've closed loans as, as quickly as uh, 10 business days, two weeks. And that's from contract to closing, which, you know, it's it's funny when I tell an agent that it's almost like they don't believe me because uh, they're so used to 
barely hitting the contract date of 30 days or having to extend right. it. Um, so we, we definitely deliver on that aspect. And we do mortgages very, very, very well. Um, there's no use you know, waiting to get a loan approved or order an appraisal. We have 24 hours on approval and I can actually get a loan approved within two or three days of it going under contract. So the, the homeowner or the buyer, yeah, so they know, they know what they need. And then yeah. it's just, we're waiting for the appraisal. And once the appraisal comes in, we send it back for final approval and we're closing like literally. So the days are typically built up into the appraisal. Correct. Side. So yeah, things that's that usually you can't the delay. really, you really control. Right. So what are the things that a, that a homeowner would need? Um, you know, before years, they make an offer on a house, you know, obviously I always promote that it's good to be pre-qualified for sure. A lot of times they don't, they don't do that. And it's sort of rushing at the last, at the, you know, in the ninth inning, which yep. I like to say, but, right. but what are they, what, what should they have? They should have, um, all of their income and asset documentation. So two years tax returns, W2s, pay stubs, if they're self-employed, you need, uh, business tax returns. Uh, and assets, you know, that's really what we look at is income and assets because once they apply, we'll have their credit report. So we'll know uh, what their credit score is. Um, but after that, it's income and assets. And I can usually get someone qualified within five or 10 minutes of getting an application and then income and assets. So uh, what's the ratio that you look at? Uh, we're typically under 50%. Now Fannie is allowed, uh, they used to be 45%, but Fannie's been relaxing their guidelines uh, recently. So we've seen them go up to a uh, 50% debt to income ratio, um, which is basically if you make $1,000 a month and your bills are 2000, you're at 50%. Um, FHA allows up to 55% and VA, believe it or not. So if you hold on a second, if yep. you make $1,000 a month, yep. If you, if your income is, uh, um, excuse me, if your income is 2000 $2, and your month. debt is a thousand a month and you're at 50% debt ratio. So you divide your income into your so uh, part liabilities. of that, part of that 50% is not just the home loan. Yeah, it's just the but it's your car payment. It's yeah, it's, anything on the credit report, and then anything associated with that okay, property. Your credit card payments, principal and interest. Like that. Yeah, we don't look at cell phone bill, gas. Um, you know, uh, got it. Car insurance. Yeah, and then let's say if you're making two thousand, is it what they clear and it's they take they home, gross. or it's what they gross? What okay. they gross? Yep. So if part of that two thousand dollars is going toward a four hundred one k or going Real toward medical taxes, things like that, yep. that's not it's yep. it's fifty percent. Medicare, Social Security. Okay. Yep. That's good. And then yep. as far as the scores, is there different products that you have depending on your history? Because a lot yeah. of people came out of, you know, some tough times with the right. recession and things. So what is the, what's the rule? You know, everybody says, oh, it's four years after a short sale and, right. and your credit score can be 650. And right. what is the, give us the real deal. Well, the real deal is you're typically, there are some lenders out there that'll go below uh, 600 FICO score. It's okay. very difficult to get approved if you're below a 600 FICO. Okay. And, um, we go up down to 600 on a VA loan uh, and 620 for an FHA and a conventional loan. But one of the advantages we have, we really work with individual clients. Um, if their FICO score is a you know, 598, we can typically work with them and get them up to a 620 within a couple weeks, which a lot of the big banks don't offer that service. So uh, 620 is typically your, your spot where you're going to get a competitive rate and it's going to be easier to get qualified in a, in a faster process. Yeah. I found that folks in your industry, and I know several of your loan officers, y'all are great at looking at a credit report and saying, Hey, if you call this and call that, you know, I had something on my credit report. It was like a cable bill, right? You know, it's something that I was late for a cable bill payment or something. It was right when I'd moved. 
and it's it's just stayed there. I was so annoyed. Like, who do I call? And I'd call a cable company, and like three hours later, you know, you're still trying to yep. find out how to clear it. So things like that, y'all can help. Yes, sir. Yeah, and as, as a matter of fact, I was just just this morning before I um, came over here. I had a gentleman that had a 650 FICO in May, and then um, I pre-pulled his credit because he wanted to buy a house, and it dropped to a 598. But I looked at his credit and said, "Do this, this, and this, and in two weeks, I'll have you back up to a 620." Yeah, that's a huge service. So hey, we're here with Chris Smith with BBMC Mortgage. We're going to be back after a few words. I'm your host, James Ramos, with Move With Me Radio. Well, we're back here. This is James Ramos, your host of Move With Me Radio. I'm here with Chris Smith from BBMC Mortgage. Chris, we were talking about the mortgage industry and the difference in the points of difference that you guys um, offer, and it's pretty impressive. Um, what I wanted to do is just get some basic questions. So what are some of the typical qualifying guidelines for a loan? So typical qualifying guidelines will be uh, for a first-time home buyer. Uh, if you're a veteran, they go 100% financing, so there's no down payment. Uh, USDA, and that's uh, property specific. It has to be a UA, USDA eligible property. That's also 100%, so there's no money out of pocket. Um, and then you have FHA is 3.5% down, and there's conventional loan products uh, where you can put down 3%, uh, and that's really designed to compete for or compete with the FHA um, you have to have a little bit higher credit scores to get the 3% down. Um, but the PMI is your private right. mortgage insurance, right. which is always going to be present if you're putting down less than 20% of the purchase right. price. Uh, but typically they're going to want, uh, you cannot ha own, have owned a property in the last three years uh, in order to get the 3% down. Otherwise, FHA would be the product. And of course, buying a second home, primary, you know, you already own a home, upgrading, a lot of people in those categories will be putting down you know, 10, 15, 20%. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, as far as mortgage insurance, you had mentioned, if you don't put down 20%, you're going to have to buy mortgage insurance, right? Correct. That's a that's a yes, standard sir. Yep. across That's a no standard. matter what bank you're in. Yeah, and there are right. some there are some products out there where um, there are banks and lenders that advertise uh, put down five percent and no mortgage insurance. But right. what they do is they raise the rate, so you're still paying for it. I always recommend people to pay the PMI on a conventional loan because the PMI drops off once you have twenty percent oh, equity. Okay. Yeah, and then if you take a higher rate with no PMI, you're paying that high rate for the entire term of the loan where over time, you're better off paying the PMI for two to three years. So who offers the options of the PMI? Is it just some standard you know, insurance piece that you guys offer? You just sign up as you're signing for the loan? Well, it's, yeah, it's part of the loan, so it's okay. disclosed at initial disclosure. So if someone's putting down 10%, when we disclose the loan terms to them based off the purchase price, the loan amount, and the down payment, they'll see that disclosed to them, how much the PMI is right. as a portion so of the payment. So what's the ballpark? So for every hundred grand, I mean, what is somebody to expect to pay for... PMI. It's it's on FHA. It would be uh, eight fifty divided by twelve. So okay. you're probably around it's seven, not, yeah, sixty, seventy dollars for every hundred grand. For every hundred grand okay. now, and conventional is FICO score driven. So the higher the FICO, the lower oh. your PMI payment is okay. going to be. FHA is a government insured product, so their PMI is going to be straight across the board 085 percent. Uh, per hundred thousand, they divide that amount by twelve and add it to the payment. The disadvantage to FHA, just as as a point, FHA PMI never goes away. Someone's going to pay PMI on an FHA loan for the full thirty years. Your house could be worth two hundred, and you could owe twenty thousand. You're still paying that PMI payment. Okay, um, that's if it's an FHA. FHA, loan. correct. Okay. Yep. So you would just potentially you could you could refinance, refinance you know, out, of that, get out of that. Yeah. yeah. But the rates on someone with a 620 FICO score, for example, their PMI payment would probably be double 
what it would be for FHA. So it's a less expensive loan FHA, you put down less, you still get a very competitive rate with a lower FICO, but your PMI stays on forever. But we can coach customers on what to do to get their FICO score up. A couple of years in, they refinance and maybe they have equity and there's no PMI at all. We remove it through the refinance. First time homeowners, what, what is your advice? First time homeowners, the advice would be um, don't buy too big of a house. It's, you know, it's a responsibility when you're, when you're a renter, you have to, you know, something breaks at your house, you call your landlord. So I always tell and advise homeowners, you know, buy something that you're comfortable with. It's well within your budget at or about what you're paying rent. Because again, when you're a renter, something breaks, you call your landlord. If you're a homeowner, something breaks, you got to pay for it. So it's always wise to be conservative in, in buying a house for the first time. Uh, you don't want to, you know, be house poor. Um, but there are a lot of advantages, of course, to being a homeowner. Interest is tax deductible. Uh, you're building equity in your property. Yeah. It helps your credit score. So there's a lot of advantages. And, and um, you know, consult with a mortgage professional to make sure um, you have all the uh, information in terms of how much it's going to cost, how much money out of pocket that you're going to need to buy the house, um, you know, what the, what the uh, different options are and make sure that you have all the options in front of you, make the best decision. So, you know, when you buy that house, it's, you're going to be able to keep the house. Yeah. I mean, I can see, I have a lot of nieces and nephews. They're in their twenties, millennials out there, you know, and the, and the stories that I hear with a lot of the agents that are representing some of these young guys, there's the inventory is so low and it's hard for that seller to accept a convoluted offer. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, closing is going to be in 45 days. I got to get financing and this, that, or the other, and it's always tied to the appraisal. So it's almost like they come to battle and they have, you know, one arm tied behind their back and they're on, you know, one leg. Right. So it's hard for them to compete in an environment. And, and I assume, you know, getting pre-qualified is huge yes. you know, to be able to go there, put an offer in with that pre-qualification letter. Correct. Um, and that's, that's another, um, uh, advantage we have. We have some technology where the, uh, the, both the real estate agent and the buyer, have the ability to generate their own pre-qualification letters. So in terms of speed, um, obviously there's low inventory. There's a lot of people competing for properties that are on the market. And so if for some reason you don't get that property, uh, both are the agent and the, the homeowner, the, well, the buyer has the ability to generate their own pre-qualification letter if uh, in the event the loan officer is not available. So um, that's where I think the speed comes in. Um, I've had agents come to me and buyers, um, I, we have to close and we have to, we're competing on cash offers, but they want to um, they want to sell it to someone who's going to live in it, not someone who's right. an investor that's going to rent it. So we need to close in two weeks. Um, and if I know that up front, um, we're able to close um, under, under 30 days, I had mentioned. Uh, and that's typically our transactions. We're going to the seller saying we're ready to close a week before closing. Um, so we do have the ability, like I said, to, to close fast. Um, we have the technology to be able to uh, present multiple uh, pre-qualification letters, you know, on the spot and give that technology and speed to uh, the real estate agents, which is unique. I don't think there's many agents out there that have the access to a website uh, to create their own pre-qualification letters yeah, for great. a buyer. Um, now we set the parameters, so they're not. We don't allow them to create a pre-qualification letter where the they're not qualified to buy that house. So once they apply with us and we get them um, uh, pre-qualified, we set the parameters in that uh, website. So it's not home specific. No, it's not. It's, it's, bar, it's, it's price specific. Yeah, it's buyer okay. specific. And it, okay, it will tell it. them, hey, you can't make an offer on this house or we won't allow you to generate a pre-qualification letter because you don't qualify for it, which is neat. It also gives the buyers um, what the payment is on the house. So right. if I buy this house for 200,000, I put down 10%, this is what the real estate taxes are. This is what my payment is. So it also gives them 
uh, what the monthly payment is. If I buy that house and I put this amount down, what will my payment be? So it gives them the ability to see what the payment is on a house they're looking to buy, which yeah, is also I mean, a neat feature. It's such a vital role. I mean, I, I look at you know a similar type business, but very different where you go and you buy a car. Okay. So you drive into a car lot, a Ford dealership, what have you, and there's like 10 people waiting to you know help you. And you all, everyone, regardless of you know, what you're buying, whether it's a lease or a new car, you know, you're going to pay for it or what have you. You're always brought to the finance manager. Yep. Okay. And he's the guy who prints out everything and he gives you the rates and he tries to sell you, you know, the tire package and this package and that extra insurance and things like that. But it's, but it's almost in complete opposite. In my opinion, I think, you know, just as you need a good agent to go out and make sure your largest investment is, is, is a good, you know, is a good investment. Um, and guiding you in that fashion, you should go to a mortgage consult, you know, a loan officer to actually get pre-qualified to really make sure you're looking at the right, you know, you're, you're, you're in the right neighborhood or right. you're in the right car lot because you don't want to be um, going to Mercedes Benz when you have, you know, a budget for a Toyota. Correct. Yeah. And you also, the, you know, homeowners and uh, homeowners insurance is usually um, the one thing that we don't know on that property when they're looking to buy it. But uh, a lot of things, times people will forget about homeowners association, uh, uh, CDD fees, uh, condo association right. fees. So you might look at a property that's 150000 but it's in a homeowner's association that's $200 a month and, and a different property could be listed for right. 200000 and the payments will be the same uh, because it's not in a homeowner association that um, that would require a monthly payment to a you know, homeowner association or a condo association fee. Uh, but the neat thing about that, um, it's called uh, bridge qual. So it's our own proprietary pre-qualification system, uh, but they'll, the, it's user input. So they'll put in the real estate taxes. They'll put in uh, if there's homeowner association or condo fees. So uh, the agent and the buyer um, have the ability to input those uh, um, numbers into the system to determine what the monthly payment would be. And of course we do it for them if, you know, that's, that's we're not trying to have them do the pre-qualification letters, but if for some reason that, you know, they're on up, up one night looking at properties online, oh, what will the monthly payment on be on this one? And they can't get hold of the loan officer, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night, they have the ability to go into that website and, you know, see what a monthly payment would be on a house they're looking at. All right, I'll give you a scenario. So let's say you're a second time home buyer or multiple, you know, this is your third or fourth, and you have mo must, mo most of your equity that's stuck in your home that you, that you want to sell. Is there any type of formats? Like what would you guide someone? Is there a bridge loan that you can provide or how do you go out and acquire when you have to sell? Before uh, you can buy, well, typically um, and synchronize it. Yeah, properly. we 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 do not offer uh, the bridge loan financing. That's a very unique specialty product, um, uh, and it's basically predicated upon Appraisal the of assumption your that you're yep. going to sell this house, and and you know it's a short term loan, right. and usually has a balloon feature. Uh, and what we typically would uh, recommend in that case, uh, if they want to keep the property, you know, do refinance and you know refinance it and get some equity out of it. Uh, if they're buying Which a second home, you guys can do. Yep, yeah. we can do that. And then you can sell it at, at will. Yep, and yep. then you can sell it, or you know, and you know what? I, it's interesting. I read in the uh, paper the other day where there's a lot of people that are holding on. That's what's contributing to the um, low inventory. Is typically most people would sell their property, take the equity out. And uh, use that to buy another house, but now because it's such a hot market, people are actually main keeping the house that they have, uh, renting it, and then going out and buying another one. So, um, but in that case, getting it's the a equity, risk, yep. you know, because you may not get somebody to rent it, or you it may not sell, and Correct. things of that nature. So, yep. so yeah, it's definitely a risk. But obviously, the best path is to go out and sell what you have. 
you yep. know, and then tie it in. And once you get a good agreement, or at least that's tight, yep. meaning that, you know, there's very little contingencies yep. um, for that buyer to buy your property, then you can go out and make another offer and buy something yep. and move into. Um, the other piece, which I thought was very interesting with the baby boomers and things is, is um, the reverse mortgage. And I know you have some experience with that. Yeah, reverse mortgages, it, it's a great um, product for people that uh, want to stay in the property that they have and maybe have not planned very well for the retirement. Um, it allows them to stay in the house. They don't make a mortgage payment. Um, they still have to pay taxes and insurance, which is something they have to make sure that they have the capability of doing. But reverse mortgage is a great product uh, for people to stay in a house that are over age 65 uh, and, and live out their life there. Very cool. Well, Chris, I want to thank you for your time today. This is your host, James Ramos with Move With Me Radio. We're here with Chris Smith with BBMC Mortgage. It's a division of Bridgeview Bank. His URL is mybbmc.com. And I want to thank you for coming. If you guys need to get in touch with Chris, tweet me out at jrtpa. Um, Follow me at jamesramos.com. I appreciate it and look forward to next week. Take care. Thank you. Appreciate being here. Thanks for joining us today. If you missed all of the program or want to hear it again, listen to the podcast on jamesramos.com or on YouTube at Ramos Media Network. See you next week with Ramos Design Build, Tampa Bay's premier real estate design, build, and construction company. Homes are built to bring people together. It's the place that families gather to create memories that last a lifetime. With that in mind, you want a builder who requires a design to reflect your expectations. Ramos Design Build is that company. They understand this concept, offer a concierge level of service, ensuring that you are involved in every step of the design build process. Ramos Design Build integrates the latest in construction technology, building you a home that will last for generations. Ramos has a portfolio of satisfied clients from its decades of service in the Tampa Bay community. If you are looking for a luxury remodel, a home renovation, or a custom home built from the ground up, contact Ramos Design Build at RamosDesignBuild.com. That's RamosDesignBuild.com. Hi, my name is James Ramos. I am a licensed general contractor at Ramos Design Build. When someone asks why I do what I do, I am proud to say that I help bring families back to the table. When you partner with Ramos, we make your family's home dreams a reality. Ramos Design Build, construction, development, and renovation. A legacy since 1956.